Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Oh, fuck. You gotta do the clap, man. Okay, I didn't know, I didn't know. It's okay. Hey, now you can go. Uh, welcome to 100 and... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you got me out of my folk, my funk. The good thing about the clap is like, you know, it can be in the middle. It can be, it can be before, it can be after. Oh, so you didn't have to interrupt me. I still had to clap at some point. <laughs> right in the middle of the intro. Right, okay. I see how I've kind of dug my own grave in this conversation. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm your co-host Lucas. And I'm Marco, and this is episode 105 of yep. the JVGM Bats show. Nice. How <laughs> it's like you? ATM card. Wait, it's like ATM machine. <laughs> M Bats show. So it's already in the thing. <laughs> Very good. Um, so you've been away the past 10 days, Marco. Yeah, man. You're looking sun-kissed. Thank you. And uh, very energetic. Yeah. Um, as you correctly observed, I haven't made a gag in a couple of, <laughs> a couple of days, so I'm full of them, you know? I'm brimming. I don't know where to start. Um, when did you get back? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. At about uh, 8.30, my flight came in. Uh, I had to fucking... I was on the Sunshine Coast. Uh as you do, you book a direct ticket from the Sunshine Coast to Melbourne, uh, and they cancel that flight, and they're like, oh, you have to go to Sydney first. So that was a big fuck around, but, you know. Uh, apart from that, I got home yesterday. <laughs> uh, so what was it? What, was it what, what happened? You went Sunshine Coast, Sydney, Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. How long yeah. was that? How long the whole commute? Take us through that. Um, I want to say three hours and 45 minutes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's annoying. Yeah. It could have been two hours and 45 minutes. Direct. Yeah. Wow, I feel like it should be shorter than that. Yeah. Like a two hour. Well, now like that I'm hour. thinking about it, I think it should be shorter than that as well. <laughs> like nah. a, a two hour coast job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like one of those things. It's like they booked, rebooked the tickets for me. It's like, oh, the plane gets into Sydney at 6.15 and your next plane leaves Sydney at 6.45. It's not very much time, you know? Yeah, but on a domestic uh, layover. Even if you're on the tarmac at 6.15, you're not getting off that plane until 6.35. Oh, true. And let me tell you, I got off that plane at 6.36. <laughs> <laughs> and thank god it was the next game over because if it was one of those like mad dashes across the domestic terminal mm. i would not have made it oh my god i actually have a nightmare layover story yeah crazy this is not... like it's a nightmare you have about layovers or you have a layover that was a nightmare a two then <laughs> one for each yeah um i was at a i was in a, a country of sorts uh <laughs> <laughs> Which country? It just helps. Great. It just helps the listeners like imagine where great, you are. Great question, Mark. <laughs> um, the my crossover, my fucking crossover, my layover flight was in crossover layup, Mexico. Yep. Okay, so my crossover was in Mexico. It was in Oaxaca, mm-hmm. Oaxaca, Mexico, and the place I flew in from had uh, I had I had a one and a half hour layover. The place I flew in from was an hour behind. Or right. now, whatever, and it was an hour time difference. Yeah. And when I got off the plane, my phone hadn't updated yet, so I it just said like uh, I had like twenty minutes to get to the other terminal, and I had to shit at this point. Oh no! And that did nothing to help the situation. And I was like, oh fuck, okay, I'm gonna shit myself in this airport. Uh, and then and then my my phone changed back to like an hour and twenty minutes, and then I still, I had a mad rush to find a toilet. I really I really should go into the full details of this story another time because it's pretty funny. <laughs> but um, like I went to four different bathrooms There was a line for every single oh, one And then I no. finally got into one And the guy And there was a cleaner in And all the cubicles were taking it Except for the uh, You know The handicapped um, uh, Cubicle And then I was like He left it And then I went in And he was like No 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 And he pointed to the sign And I was like I'm, I'm sh- gonna shit <laughs> <laughs> Like like the other ones are taken. Would you prefer for me to shit myself outside the toilet? Yeah. Lucky the cleaners here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I ended up getting into a toilet, and then at this point in the story, I kind of become the villain. As soon as I do that, I leave and I get a coffee. <laughs> Straight after. Because I'm thinking like an hour and twenty to get from one terminal to another. That's still not very much yeah. time. Yeah, you know? I had about an hour to spare. Uh, if if I if everything had gone according to plan, I would have had like an hour to spare. Right, right. But um, you know, with this whole conundrum and then my own decision making, mm. I had about five, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. 
How long, like 10, the, how long did the coffee take? Well, then I had to go to the toilet again, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that's where, yeah, that's where heroes become villains. Oh my God. Um, I'll tell you something on that note though. Uh, anywhere else in the world, apart from Melbourne, they just take way too long to make a cup of coffee. <laughs> I feel like if you have to wait for more than 10 minutes in Melbourne, like your cafe is closing down mm. within the month. Uh, in other places, it's just like, it's like, what the, what are the baristas doing? Mm. Like, what's their, what's, what's their methodology that it's taking you 15 minutes to make my coffee? Like, mm. there can't be that many coffees in front of me <laughs> in the queue. There's only like five people over there. Is this Noosa? I'm thinking of Noosa, but I'm thinking more generally as well. Because yeah. you get that, you go to the airport and you're like, oh, I'll just get a quick coffee. And it's like mm. a 20 minute wait or something. It's yeah. like, why? Mm. Well, is... that's what you're paying the premium for. What? For the longer experience. <laughs> so you can really enjoy yeah, that move the coffee to grow for, uh, to brew for longer. Oh, and yeah, and then the coffee's shit. The milk, mm. the milk's so hot. Maybe that's why they're heating, heating up the milk for like two minutes longer than they need to be. Oh, um, a burnt latte, please. Yeah, no exactly. Said that. Come oh my on. God. Fucking real. In Noosa, every single coffee, so hot. Like mm. piping hot. Because it's just... That's... It's because of the weather there. It heats up after you, right? <laughs> Right. Well, I didn't know that. I was about to be a bit ageist, so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you stopped me there. Um, Nusa Dembele, is that a football player? <laughs> is it? No. Isn't it? Is it anything of Usman Dembele? Or Musa Dembele? Musa Dembele. Yeah, 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 yeah how about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so many Dembele's. There were two Musa Dembele's at the same time. Wow. And now there's Usman Dembele. Usman in... The NBA or in the in the football? Wow, now I'm not sure. Maybe there's two Usman. No, there's a football player as well. Damn, because there's Usman Jang in the NBA or something. Yeah, well, I'm sure Usman's a pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Usman and Dembele are pretty common up. We have here? names. <laughs> names. <laughs> to finish up. Yeah, that what, what did I have written down here? Yeah, names. Names. <laughs> I think they're Senegalese. They for, for real though. Oh. Right, I didn't hear what you said, yeah. but um, had a pretty cool experience basketball last night. Oh yeah, yeah. So first game was with the Brickies. Second game was with the Saganakis. First game, I, I laid a bit of an egg in the scoring column. I was okay defensively. I was okay with other parts of the game. You're okay defensively, like that's pretty good for you. So yeah, well, I don't like this narrative just being okay. killed. I was, I was, I was okay moving the ball. I was semi okay on the glass. Ned, Ned was fucking ridiculous mm. last night. I um, reckon he had a Kevin Love, a twenty and twenty. It's so it's so possible, mm-hmm. um, but he 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 accounted for most of the boards. Of the five percent of boards that he didn't get, I got a couple of those. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we won. We won. We won that game pretty easily. Easily, but we were playing against like there was like four children on the team. They didn't. They didn't have a full strength team, but we showed no mercy, <laughs> except for me apparently. And then I had uh, my second game with the Saganakis, and I was like. I was pretty. I was. I was a bit peeved about how the first mm, game went, mm, mm. but like usually when I have a, like it's a poor skill game in the first one. I um, I try to bring energy for the second one, but I don't know what happened in the second game. I reckon in the first two minutes, I want to say, no longer than three minutes, I had fifteen points. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus. And uh, we played a really good team. Uh, and I ended up with 27, which felt pretty good. Fucking oath. Um And yeah, we won. And I don't, th- I, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> 15 points in the first three minutes. So yeah. Three threes or? Three just... threes, two twos, and two free throws. I've never... Perfect balance. <laughs> <laughs> I have never... Um, I, mean, I don't remember the last time I hit both free throws. I don't remember the last time I got to the line. Yeah. And then I also don't remember the last time I, I hit both free throws. Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting five shots up and getting a shooting foul committed on you in mm. three minutes. Yeah. Is like, that's like about as tight as you can get. Yeah, that's a tight five. Yeah. That's a tight three. Yeah. It's also probably all the shots for my team. Yeah, but you know, you're hot, right? Yeah, I made them. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool. It was pretty fun. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's that though. Love that. Well, um, speaking of enormous basketball accomplishments, uh, well, uh, we'll have to take a more somber tone for the next yeah. one. I'm I feel like um, we don't have to have a good segue. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, well, yeah, we lost a, a grade of the game. I'm not going to act like I have like a particular emotional connection to Bill Russell, but mm. there is no denying that like 
he is probably a top 10 player of all time. He's the most winningest American athlete ever, mm-hmm. indisputably, I think. Um, and yeah, just I think has been such a good influence on the league from when he from before he retired. You know, mm-hmm. he's the first he's the first black American basketball coach. Was he the first? Was he the first black NBA coach? I think so. Yeah, and then obviously like first to win a championship, which he did in his first year as coach. <laughs> while he was playing as well. <laughs> yeah, while he was playing as well. Not to mention. Um and just dealt with like just the absolute worst of American racism, of Boston racism as mm-hmm. well of that time. And then, yeah, just stuck around the NBA as like a hugely influential figure mm. for, for the next 60 years. I think he could be the most important player the NBA ever had. Yeah. And the most, oh, sorry, the most important person who ever played in the NBA. <clears throat> and that, like speak about unbreakable records, that is unbreakable. Mm. Like to not only exist in his time in the 50s and the 60s as a young African-American person, but to then thrive mm. in what he spent his time and energy towards professionally and socially. And also, he had this platform that was only made possible or that people only listened to because he made the platform so important. Mm. Like in 1956, when he came into the league, being an NBA player, no one would listen to you. Mm. People would only listen to NBA players because of he had the biggest role in making that platform initially. And then he got to use that thing that he created. Um, yeah, I think that he's probably yeah he's probably like the most well respected figure in in American basketball. Um, and every single person looked up to him, and everyone always had something good to say about him. And it's like, it's like what a life! Yeah. What what that what the heck what the heck kind of life is that? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and uh, this uh, statistic that. Across his across his college and his NBA career, he played twenty one winner take all games. So like you know, win the win the series or go home. Mm. Uh, Ten of those were game sevens. Oh my god! And he won every single one. He won twenty one. He won twenty one. <laughs> he was twenty one and zero in win or go home games, and that includes like yeah, back to back NCAA titles, fifty games in college unbeaten, like just just. What eleven rings in thirteen years? I mm. I don't care how if the league's smaller, the talent pool's lesser. Also, going up against who a lot of people consider to be the greatest basketballer of all time for a long time, Will Chamberlain. Mm. And you know, sure, he never put up a hundred, he never put <laughs> up sixty, but he beat him in every single column of winning mm. on the court. You know, as like a team player uh, in one-on-one matchups, like he had his number. Um, and yeah, just like, I think no matter what any league looks like winning 11 out of 13 Mm. (laughs) NBA finals is just, it's insane. Well, speaking about what any league would look like, what would the NBA look like? Do you reckon if there wasn't like, like if it was Wilt who started Mm. the NBA and there wasn't Bill on the other side playing for another team, like would people take the NBA as seriously? Would the seventies and eighties have looked so good? Mm. Like would the talent have been so good in the seventies and eighties? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Like, I think you need those, like, you need those dynasties and you need those, like, dynastic figures as well to mm. sort of, like, yeah, I mean, the, the NBA is so, it's so mythical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's really based on these, these, like, mythical, these mythical players and their matchups and their achievements. And it is, like, these achievements that you're like, no one will ever be able to do that again. Like, mm. you, you look at any of the sort of mythical, uh, yeah, you look at Will, you look at Bill. You look at like Larry Bird and Magic, you look at MJ and we'll probably, you look at Kobe, mm. we'll look at LeBron very soon and you'll be like, no one, no one can do that. Mm. You know, those are like individual achievements that aren't repeatable. And that's like, I think how the success of the league is built being like, okay, like that's brought attention to us now. Let's like build on that product. Yeah. Um, I remember Isaiah Thomas, the older one, once talking about, uh, he grew up in Chicago and I think he said he always wanted to support the Bulls which you know makes sense but he just his family wouldn't allow him to mm. his family was like we're Boston fans yeah. we're Celtics fans because of Bill Russell and the like the fact that they're like the African American team yeah um, and who knows how much of an influence that would have had on Isaiah Thomas's um, you know basketballing life and career but 
like how many families would that have impacted like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like how many people have that exact same story? Yeah. And like, and then, yeah. And then like Isaiah's one case study, but like, yeah, who knows if Isaiah Thomas would be, I mean, I'm sure he would, he would have always been an NBA great, but who knows if he was like, if he would have ever been a champion, if not. For yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're from like a pretty racist ass place like Boston mm. and you're like, despite everything, this African-American player kind of like, owned the city mm. and kept playing for this like he could have the treatment the treatment he got there he could have left boston yeah whenever he's like no this is my team he loved the plays he loved the franchise mm. and obviously loved a sec- segment of the fans <laughs> um there's this this excerpt from his daughter's uh memoir which i'll paraphrase here about some of the treatment they got there one time yeah like they're away from the weekend they came back, their house was in shambles and they spray painted the N-word on the wall. They just like broken into his trophy case, smashed everything up uh, and like shat in their bed. Uh, every time they were on the road, like vandals would come, tip over their garbage cans. Uh, they'd call the police. The police would be like, oh, it's just raccoons. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and despite... You know, the police just had absolutely no interest in, in protecting him. The FBI had, like, a case file on him. I think what they call him, an, an arrogant Negro who won't sign autographs for white children. Oh, my they, God. Like, they had him, like, pinned as, like, a, you know, a person, a, mal- a malcontent, basically. <laughs> and despite that, like, this yeah. guy, you know, he he didn't quit. Mm. And he kept, he kept succeeding. Mm. <sighs> and, yeah, I think... I think that what you're saying is, yes, yeah, so many like young African-American basketball hopefuls would look at that and be like, oh, okay, like I want to, I want to succeed in that league. I want to make this league for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now like, oh, just, yeah. So like, how could you even begin to empathize? Yeah. Like that, that lived experience would have been fucking terrifying. Yeah. I would have run. Yeah. So hundred percent. Um, and yeah. Just like the players today, like forget about just enjoying the fruits of his labor. He he like he planted the seed and then also did the labor on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Like he did so many steps yeah. for the league to be where it is today. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm also not going to pretend like I was a fan. And I ever saw him and knew anything about him. But you know, he he's always had an impact on every basketball fan's life. Yeah, and I mean, everyone knows him. Every everyone who just picks up like if you've been a basketball fan for who knows, two weeks, you will have, you will have heard, heard something about him, read something about him, and you'll know that he's like this figure, that like mm. this important figure. Yeah. Um, I remember probably before we even started doing this podcast, but when I just started following the NBA and you lent me Bill Simmons' big book of basketball, mm. and one of the opening chapters is just this huge thing about why Bill Russell is better than Will Chamberlain. <laughs> just like... <laughs> 40 pages mm. and obviously like homerism blah blah, yeah. blah 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 but i remember being like oh okay like this is like this this is what it means to be a basketball fan it's like you know it was just backed up with all 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 of this like perspective and and all of his achievements and stuff like that and i was like oh okay this is like this is how you formulate a basketball opinion yeah you know? like unfortunately it kind of is like pitting two greats against each yeah other. that was like the first thing i was like I was like, you know, when someone goes, if I'm at a party and someone's like, oh, Will Chamberlain, man, you're so good. I was like, yeah, Bill Russell had his number, man. Like, <laughs> how many rings did he win? Like, did he ever sacrifice for the team? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I guess that is like the way we think about um, or talk about basketball players. We contextualize everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there is, everyone has their own reasons and... It's not just about the outcome yeah. <laughs> in basketball. It's never, it's never like, like footy, for example. It's like, when is the conversation ever about, well, this only happened because of this? Yeah. And, you know, he was, you know, it was tired or whatever. He was so tired from the season before that this happened and this happened. Man. It's like, no, nah, we have to take into life, into account these people's personalities, what they do yeah. in their spare time. <laughs> like all of this stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, when do you ever get like, oh man, you know, Hawthorne were playing against uh, firemen and plumbers in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think on that note of like context, I think 11 rings in context, out of context, 
it's one of the most it's probably the most impressive thing yeah it's probably the most impressive achievement in the NBA yeah like, one one for every finger and then some yeah and then one but still yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you only had two on one finger actually <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that um yeah like I think that it defies context mm. yeah yeah rest easy big fella R.I.P alright well we'll take a short break and then we'll be right back mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to The Deep Two. I'm Mr. Both My Man, How Are We? And I co-host a weekly NBA podcast that I think you'd like. The Deep Two, named after Josh Smith's favourite shot, has us rambling on about everything that goes on in the NBA world, all the way from game recaps, 12-season hypotheticals, to Warriors exceptionalism. Join us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Dante, you've got to talk about the freaking website. The freaking website, True. TheDeep2.com, so simple, I can't believe it, is our very own website where you can read long-form articles on all of the day's big basketball topics. The Pensman that you guys know as the JVG NBA Tribute Show Boys even feature on there from time to time, so check it out. Okay, Dante, now you can send us off. Peace. And we're back. We are, we are. Um, well, from a past centre to a current centre, uh... Where do you, which centre do you want to go to next? Well, let's start with... Um, I mean, these are both pretty sombre somber news topics. But yeah, let's start with Brittany Griner, because I think that this is... It's like bittersweet, I yeah. suppose. BG. What's what's bitter about this? Well, yeah, let's let's go through the news, and then I'll, I'll give you my my opinion on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the US government has apparently come to an agreement with the Russian government to exchange... Brittany Griner and uh, Paul Whelan, who's a former Marine, who's uh, in Russian prison as well for Victor Bout, the, mm. the death merchant. The, yeah. The guy we've talked about quite a lot here, which is obviously like absolutely the right thing to do and a thing to celebrate. Um, where you go, you give me your take and then I'll, I have, I have a bit of a counter. Okay. Well, I think that we might have the same take. Okay. I was just a bit confused by the word bittersweet. Um... <laughs> Like, yeah, I have found it quite conflicting. Yeah. Like, on one hand, I I've, I I know Griner. I've been a hater in the past, but, you know, in a fan way. Um, uh, and she's been, like, a, a, a player in my life for a couple of years now. Uh, and I want the best for her. But, like, the person who she's being swapped for is should be in prison. Yeah. And is, like... A bad, bad person. And I disagree with, with prisons for so many people. So for me to think, like for, for me, like for me to think someone needs to be in prison, it's like, you know, you, you need to not have the same life as yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, for me, this is, it's just more of a, this is just a lose-lose for the American government where mm. it's like, okay, if you let her sit in prison, well, that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like a US national kind of thing. Yeah, unfairly detained, and she could, she could well end up getting you know a max ten year sentence. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, like you do this, you're just going to get so much criticism yeah. for it. Like, and the other the other thing the other thing was that Ned actually brought up to me. I mean, he had a smart idea for once. Uh, <laughs> so such an unnecessary. Shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it like why didn't they just accept this deal two months ago? Like, mm. this was. Obviously, they've got this Paul Whelan guy in there, but like, this looks so bad that they let her sit there for two months and they yeah. just accepted what you know what the previous offer from the Russian government was. I think the the amendment was that Whelan was yeah. also included, which he wasn't initially. Yeah. I thought it was just be they just wanted BG in for about. I feel I, I hate how much it sounds like an NBA. Trade. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's such a serious thing and there's no way I can't and make the connection to just an NBA. The game. jokes are played out. They're so played yeah, out. But they should have got it first. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's like somewhat of a silver lining is that Bout has already served, I think, more than half the sentence, mm. uh, which was a 25-year sentence. I think he served more than half of it. Yeah. Which is, I guess, some, some silver lining. Yeah. I mean... You know, ah, <laughs> it's yeah. I I it's much of a muchness, you know. Like it, I think more than anything, it just looks bad. Yeah, you know, is like is releasing this guy to the Russian government. I mean, yes, it's probably going to cause some direct harm, but it's not. Yeah. It's not like you're just like, oh, cool, you're 
you're killing people now you're free on the streets like keep killing people yeah but it just it looks so bad it's a it's a like convicted mass arms dealer for a basketball player yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. um but you know i am i'm still really happy like i think ah it's uh, yeah it was just such an injustice she was there and i think obviously like the league is going to be better for it Mm. as well you know like it, it feels like and, then, and this is the other thing. I want to talk about this later after we talk about the next thing. But it also, it's, this should be a win for the WNBA and it doesn't feel like a win for them. True. Yeah. Um, is there any timeline on like when she'll be coming back? Nah. I'd, like, I think they've just agreed in principle to the yeah. business swap. So there's no actual details on when yeah. it'll happen yet. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would assume it'd be like within... The month, or yeah. within, yeah, within a month or yeah. so. Yeah, I don't think she'll be playing yeah. in the yeah. playoffs. But, yeah. you know, like, I if this was a thing that sort of dragged on over years, you know, and we knew she was in prison and, like, suffering, and she's probably going to have trauma from, like, this amount of time she's been there, mm. then, like, that would have been so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of someone who's not going to be playing in the playoffs... <laughs> Again, didn't need to do a punchy segue there. But you did. But I did. (laughs) Uh, Liz Cambage. Yeah. Who also might be Liz Cambage again. I watched it. No, no, I watched a video. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) I I, I watched a video and she introduced herself as Liz Cambage. It was from a a month ago. It was one of those GQ 10 things I can't do my day without. Yeah. And you know how you get into like number three and every time you're like, why am I watching this? Uh, yeah, I got to number three, but before that, she said Liz Cambage. Damn. I was thinking it was like, a, again, unnecessarily snide here. Like when we're a fan of her, she's Liz Cambage. And then when we're not uh, a fan of her, she's Liz Cambage. Cambage. <laughs> Mrs. Cabbage. Um, anyway, get to the news. So the news is uh, she, she had a contract divorce with the Sparks. I love this term that the WNBA uses, a contract divorce. Mm. <clears throat> um and it doesn't seem as though, and she's not, she's not playing. Like she's not. There's no. There's her name is being floated around as a no. signing anywhere else in the league. No. It feels as though this could be the end of her professional basketballing career. Yeah. Or you know the end of her American professional yeah. basketballing career as well. Yeah. I mean, the, some really interesting stuff has come out about like the tension in LA. Like I think a lot of her teammates are already pretty unhappy about like the Nigeria situation. Um, mm-hmm. Also. Uh, I think, did she call, um, I think Ali Quigley has also claimed that she called someone a fat cow a few years ago, which isn't very ni- a nice thing to say on the basketball court. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, I'm, I'm missing... If it's on the court. I'm missing the point here. Um, uh, she also, so when she signed for the team, uh, she wanted to wear a number eight, uh, but it was going to be retired during the season. True. Um, she then wanted to wear number one, which was already taken up by Amanda Zahui B, uh, who actually not too familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, go figure. Well, that um, makes one of us. You know, and uh, Amanda didn't want to give up her number and then just found out by social media that Liz, that the Sparks had given it to Liz anyway. So I think entering the locker room, there was already a lot of kind of discontent with her. Mm. Um who was that person? Amanda Z- Zakwi B. Okay. She doesn't seem to be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Which I would, I would honestly say, you know what? Give up the yeah. number. Yeah, yeah. But you can imagine how that might stir tensions in the yeah. locker room. Um, and then, yeah, it all came to blows in their game against the Aces, mm. where apparently she <laughs> complained about not giving enough post touches. So her teammates started ignoring the plays that were getting run and just started feeding her the post, feeding her the ball in the post. Um, and then, yeah, she rushed out of the locker room. Last words were, I can't do this anymore. Best of luck to you guys. <laughs> and, and then stormed out. Well, she meant well, at least, yeah. on the way out. Um, yeah, so, I mean, because there was a second there where I was like, okay, is this like the Sparks aren't doing well enough? Another team wants a... They're gonna, mm. you know, she's gonna do a um, <coughs> Tina Charles. Uh, yeah, Tina Charles, uh, which I'd like to talk about later. Um, just remind me. Uh, but yeah, this just seems like a really her. She's just not gonna mesh in any NBA team. Like her personality's just not gonna work anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, that part I definitely agree with the her attitude part. I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of the criticism she got about her attitude was never, uh, they never like cited like fair enough stuff. But in watching her this season, <clears throat> I feel like it was very apparent this season, and it hasn't been so it hasn't been so in your face in other parts of her career, mm. but. Uh, I feel like the first four minutes of every Sparks game, she was the most threatening basketball player mm. in the world. Mm. And it felt like she was going to drop 50, mm. like every single game. <clears throat> and then she'd get the early sub because of her condition, which is her responsibility. Like the fact that she um, ha- had always had to play such limited minutes. Like you need to be more available for the team. Yeah. I will I will come to a big's defense though. Like she had such good position so many different times. And if I am to empathize with a, bar, a professional basketball for a second, if my big has like three inches on their player and good position, I would hope they're yelling at people to give them the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if they're right under the ring and they've, they've done their job, mm. they've done their job to get our team two easy points, I would hope they're, they're, fucking, they're, they're, they're swearing out whoever isn't giving them the ball. Yeah. You can do that, but then also bring energy defensively and like, in the touches you do get, you like put up a shot with purpose. I think that was the issue with Liz. It's like, okay, cool. Yell at your teammate. That's fine. But that has to just exist in that moment. Mm. It, it can't keep affecting the rest of the game. Yeah. And I think that was the, yeah. And then that's the, the attitude coming into play. Yeah. And I think she had that like, um, that like junior sports thing where you ask for the ball and you get the ball and you don't do anything with it. And you're like, oh, it's a bad pass. <laughs> yeah. You know, like not that she'd literally do that, but she had that attitude when she'd like put a, kind of crap shot up and miss mm. it. Like she'd throw her hands up like, you know, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's like, well, at a certain stage, yeah, you're responsible for if the ball goes in the basket or not. Yeah. Um, I did want to kind of tie these two WNBA stories together. Oh. If, if you'll let me. <laughs> uh, and, and of course. Because <laughs> um, there was this, there was this good article on Jezebel of all places. Uh, oh, I didn't click that. Yeah, it was it was actually a really good read, and you know, I don't know, sort of. No, I actually, I was it was it had a, it was really well backed up. I thought, um, and I'm sort of just gonna like paraphrase it, develop it into my own thing here, because like I think the kind of connecting issue between the Griner thing and this Cambage thing. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the lack of support that the WNBA gives mm. its players <clears throat> and which like obviously starts with the amount of money they're paid. Yeah. Like we've been over why Griner was playing in Russia. We, you know, we don't need to litigate that anymore. And I don't want to defend a lot of like Liz's behavior. Like that Nigeria thing, especially is just like, okay, cool. I'm not a fan of you anymore. Like mm. that's kind of an unconscionable thing to do, but you can see how someone who kind of is a bit more volatile mentally who maybe has like pre-existing mental health issues kind of has ended up in the situation she's in, Mm. you know, like she's opened up in the past about like her bad mental health, the lack of support she had. I think she said when her rookie season, she'd just be like at home crying alone every night. Like she was, yeah, she was like young adult flown to the other side of the world, living in Mm. Tulsa, Tulsa, Mm. you know, like it's, it's, I think when you talk about NBA players and it's like, oh, you get drafted to like a kind of shit city. It's like, yeah, but you're probably still getting paid $5 million. Yeah. You know? Like, like, whereas she was getting paid $40,000 on the other side of the world without any of her support networks with all these already pre-existing mental health issues that they probably weren't equipped, you know, equipped to deal with at the time. Um, and then I think like, yeah, she's all. We've talked about how she's always sort of a target of the media. You know, when she complained about uh, coaches getting paid more money than the players, like she just got absolutely scalded in the media, being like, "Oh, you're just trying to bring Becky another woman down." Like, yeah. About Becky Hammond, not what she was trying to. Yeah. Do. And then like she gets this label about like being unfocused. You know, like oh, she wasn't in training camp. She was DJing at such and such festival. Oh, she's got an OnlyFans. Oh, she's modeling. It's like yeah. So she can make money. <laughs> like, so she can like, like this co- contract with the Sparks, $170,000. I don't think people really need that much more money than that. Mm. But I can also understand why you, as one of the world's best basketball players, as someone with an incredibly leverageable brand, mm. you would go in to do these other things. So I think it just sort of, just sort of feels empty 
in one way to be like, oh, this is all Liz, Liz's fault. It's all her attitude's fault when like the league has created a lot of these issues, you know, that mean that someone like her just was kind of destined to fail. Yeah. You know, like how she hasn't, she spent what her rookie season and she went to China and then she signed with the wings in 2018. And then she had a one or two good seasons uh, in Las Vegas. Apart from that, like there's just been no situation where she's able to thrive. And it's kind of shit because she's really talented. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a classic, like, Play, hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Uh, and to think about how high profile of a of a of a player she is to have spent like what five years in the premier women's basketball yeah. league in the world, yeah. But still be like probably the most famous player throughout that whole time. Yeah. Definitely top five. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. 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 And she's still gonna hold like the. Um, single game scoring record you know <laughs> like in this, God knows how long. this league that's like very young and you know like every every time you're watching a WNBA game they go oh such and such uh, just you know went up to 11th in the all time rebounding mm. you know rebounding record because yeah what well, the league's been around for 30 years and it's been really good for like 15 yeah so like records are always being broken and yet yeah Liz who wasn't in the league for very long, wasn't sort of an established, you know, like legend of the league. Like every year she was in the league, she was one of the best players and she was breaking records, you know? Yeah. 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 If, if you, if you can, I think she had like, it was like a, a five game stretch of 206 points or something. If, if you can't foster that, like she's shown she can hold up her into the bargain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you can't, you got to be able to foster that. Yeah. And yeah, they, the the people within the teams probably did want to, everyone around her probably wanted to. It probably yeah would have just been a, a failing of the of the league. Yeah, yeah, and I and again like she's obviously got a poor mentality and like well, however however your mental health is you can't be you can't be racist to people you know yeah. like um you can't sort of be directly offensive to your opponents like that's just not it's not what you do in sport. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I think it's not like, oh, good riddance, good riddance, Liz is gone. I think yeah. the league should be quite sad about it. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is her birthday in two weeks, so hopefully she <laughs> celebrates that. Pretty. As as the end of the Yahoo Sports uh, article about it says, where is it? It was just quite funny the way they worded it. Worded it. Um, sorry, this is great. This is great TV. That uh, is. <laughs> um. There are currently no interested WNBA team sources say. Some believe Cambage will use the downtime to focus on her modeling career and DJing, skills that are said to be admirable. What the hell? <laughs> skills that are said to be admirable? Mm. By whom? Mm. By people. <laughs> well, Yahoo Sports can't make the <laughs> assertion that Liz Cambage is a good DJ, but they can say it's said to be. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been a DJ here at Sports. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything about DJing. Um, so yeah, she'll probably, she, yeah, she'll probably just keep, you know, she'll be like on the third line of every every one day music festival in the US. <laughs> yeah. And she'll get the fucking bag. So see ya. Come, come play at Strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. That would be so much fun. Um, well, since her departure, uh, her ex-team, the Sparks have been uh, 0-2. And uh, one of those losses came to Sylvia Fowles and the Minnesota Lynx. Mm. Still alive. <laughs> did you happen to catch a Lynx dream last week? I, I did. I sure did, Lucas. <laughs> and what were your thoughts, thoughts in this game? Um, I think it was a it was a really fun watch, and I think it really told the story of Atlanta's season. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the Lynx just completely, completely dominated that first half, like. Outshot Atlanta. Atlanta were like defending pretty well, but they were just getting the most ridiculous looks. Like there were some just unbelievable threes that were going in. Ariel Powers, I think, is like she must be like one of she must be one of the best tough shot makers like in either the men or the women's league. Like when when she's got like when she's getting double teamed, when she's getting like heaps of contact. She must. She must be shooting eighty percent or something. <laughs> um, and I really, I really love the build of like those just super athletic, um, you know, 
uh, super athletic wings who can make their own shot, like Jackie Young, Ryan Howard, who's playing for the dream. Um, but then I think it was, yeah, in at the beginning of the second half, the dream switched to uh, a zone and it just really, it completely took fouls out of the game mm. um, and just really turned their favors. Uh, I think really, I think really their only, their only downfall here uh, was that I think Ryan Howard might've shot them out of the game. She was taking some really bad shots uh, in the second half that were sort of out of the flow of the offense. Um, <clears throat> when they were sort of, uh, you know, they'd really played their way back. Mm. And I think that was really, for me, that was really the only that was that was the differing factor by why they couldn't uh, pull off the full comeback. Yeah, I feel like the I feel like the um the Dream's second half was like pretty ideal, mm. but they seriously didn't give themselves a chance to win the game yeah. after the first half. Mm. And then also give the, the Lynx credit for how they played yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Uh yeah, Ariel Powers, my god, she's just like she's such a game buster. Mm. Like Whenever, whenever a Lynx game is looking for someone to take over, it's always her. Mm. And she'll just like go in these spurts. Also, it's just always at the line. I don't understand. It says she had th- four free throws in this game. I don't believe that. <laughs> like she's always at the yeah. free throw line. Yeah, I yeah. feel like she's always yeah. uh, getting fouled. <laughs> they, they're all and ones, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's actually probably right. Um, they, got, they got five games left in their season. Mm. And it's a pretty rough run home. Mm. This win was big because the Dream are, uh, not, I think the Dream are ninth and the Lynx are tenth. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So their their playoff um, their playoff hopes are still alive and they're still possible. And if the Sparks continue with their form, mm. uh, like they could honestly lose every single game for the rest of their season. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like not only have they lost their starting center, they've been. Uh, like yeah, it's just a, it's a big sh- it's a big shakeup so yeah. so late in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've obviously I think they're taking making the playoffs out of you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. So the the dream are ninth, the links are tenth. Yeah. So in this win, obviously you get the win, but then you also don't give the uh, the team yeah. that's in the chase with you um, the win. Uh, five of their last of their five last games. Sorry, two of them are against the Storm, and one of them are against the Sun. Mm-hmm. So. That's a bit. That's, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there are other games uh, against the Mercury, and I can't remember who the other ones against. But if they win those two that aren't against the Storm and the um, Sun, mm. that'll leave them at fourteen and twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that's good enough to be eight. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's just a bit. It's a bit. It's a kind of. It's it's a bit sad. That Sylvia Fowles career. First of all, she didn't get to play her last season with Nafisa mm. Collier, who was mm. like her running mate. Uh, last season yeah um and then secondly like i think i think they're not going to make the playoffs and like for such a great like a great basketball player to not like to not like just have one last taste of the playoffs in their last season um yeah it's just it just sucks it's like and it's definitely something you root you root for yeah yeah and i think in in this game as well like they they looked like a playoff team you know like yeah uh yeah like fouls is obviously just such a legend aerial powers like it was playing like a star that sort of the big front court of Sylvia and Jessica Shepard was like I mean the dream kind of figured it out in the second half but it was like it was fucking it was intimidating yeah it was intimidating in the first half uh, especially against a team that sort of you know doesn't have as much height um, and yeah and they were just I, I think you know this is this is a team that's had so much success with like a similar core and it kind of shows. It mm. shows. It shows that they're still good, and they really know how to play together. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, on the other side, the Atlanta Dream. Like, this is this is the season. Sort of, this is the season from nowhere. You know, mm. like they weren't they weren't expecting this outcome, and you can kind of tell. Like, they're not. They these players don't quite know how to play offense together yet. Mm. Like, it's it's a really sort of rigid. Um, you know, I don't. There's not quite a flowing system in place yet. Like you were really seeing that with the links. Like, oh, these people know how to play together. Um, and yeah, they really. That last quarter, Dream had forty points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just like Tiffany Hayes, just like 
getting to the rim over and over and over again. Um, you know, I think she had that. She had like a, oh, yeah, she had this crazy seven point stretch that was like hit like step back three, then inside layup with like three defenders trying to block her, and then like just on the line two, um, all unanswered mm. by the links. Um, and but it was just like it was there was no help, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was just her creating for herself. Um, and I think yeah, she fouled out with like a couple minutes to go. I think Minnesota would have won either way, but it was like she she was really the only reason they were back in that game. Yeah, eighteen points in seven minutes is pretty pretty <laughs> nuts. <laughs> um, uh, so sorry the the dreams run home. It's a bit it's a bit more. It's a lot nicer than the Lynx's <laughs> run home. And I feel like that eighth seed is going to go to the Dream. Yeah. They got the Fever, the Sparks, the Lynx, the Aces, and then the Liberty twice. Mm. Um, five of those six games are winnable. Yeah. <clears throat> you would probably pick them as the favorite in, I would say, the Fever and the Sparks game. Yeah. And then that puts them at 14 wins, which is what I also have the Lynx at. Right. And they only have to win one of those other four games. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> going by the numbers, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the dream's gonna, yeah, sneak into that eighth seed. But it didn't. It in this, like, watching this game by itself, I feel like we saw a lot of what the dream do poorly, mm. but yeah. also what they, what they, they, that their system is kind of um, how their system can be. Uh, What's the word when you like make something look bad? <laughs> exploited. Yeah. How yeah. their system can be exploited. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it seems a bit simple. Yeah. It seems a bit too simple. Uh, and also, on the other hand, the links, when they're firing, look really good. So it just feels like in that 1 8 matchup, I mean, either team's going to get their asses handed to them. Yeah. <laughs> but I would prefer to see the links for that reason as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I, I do. I have like a good vibe about this dream team. Uh, mm. In that, like, def- they they just had some stretches where defensively they were so good, um, and you could see with like not a super experienced team yeah. as well. So I would love for them to get like, you know, blooded in the playoffs this season. Yeah, Ryan Howard, you know, uh, has an all all WNBA season next year, and then they're like, you know, a legit playoff lock um, pretty quickly. So. Yes, I, I, but yeah, I mean, I just want all the teams to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the Fever just have an O next to their name. Yeah. Like the top five seeds have the X that means clinched. And it's like the Fever's record is five and 27 and it's just it, it, the O. Yeah. It reminds me of that Jake and Mira was like something, something. And your dad just straight up replies, no. <laughs> <laughs> mean text from your dad. <laughs> Ignore. <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that there's two games between six and eleven is pretty nice. Mm. Although I think that was the Eastern Conference in the NBA about this time last season. Damn. <laughs> uh, I now we also watched a couple of games. Me and Marco actually fucking <laughs> set time aside to watch. We, watch we collaborated. Games. We uh, um, we I synergized. I didn't. I didn't make any notes for the Mystics. Uh, uh, wings game well I'm so glad you said that because of of the three games we watched it was the one that grabbed my attention by far the least yeah I was going to say it was the <laughs> yeah. least remarkable yeah. game yeah um, any takeaways from this uh, the wings looked really sloppy <laughs> um, and I think and Washington look they look good yeah like they look playoff ready I think yeah um, obviously all three of these games without spoiling what the last one was had fucking a team go out to like a 20 25 point lead mm. in the first half and then just get absolutely you know brought back to the wire yeah. before eventually winning the game <laughs> um, so I think like Dallas they obviously they have so much talent you know like Ogumbawale is such a fun player um, McCowan um, yeah um, who else am I looking at sorry oh yeah McCowan I remember Marina Mabry was having mm. a, having a fun one but then she was just made some like bad turnovers mm. uh, in the last quarter um, but they went up against the Mystics who are from uh, they're like 
they've got to be one of the most organized teams yeah in great the w- word. WNBA. god that is such a good <laughs> word for it like the the announcers were harping on that they have the slowest pace in the league but like their fast break offense is insane and it's just in the starkest contrast to their half court offense yeah like they just kill on the fast break and then when they're in the half court it's like seven passes minimum before a shot goes up mm. um this this stat was hilarious so they won by 10 points they had 18 less field goal attempts wow <laughs> than the wings and two less free throw attempts so it's not like they were getting to the line <laughs> a whole lot and wow. that was without their best player yeah <laughs> that was without their like highest scorer um and sort of like you know the motor of their offense in mm. elena deladon um so I think they're they're just like they're a very efficient, well-oiled machine, and I yeah I, I I think like we know who the sort of title favorites are, but I don't I think if you end up in a playoff series against them, which I don't know the Storm might be yeah, <laughs> like they they'd be a very worrying team to go up against in the playoffs. I think definitely I think yeah the the word organized is perfect. Uh, they're gonna get their shot. Yeah. Like every single possession, they're gonna get their shot. And like this game, <clears throat> in the the absence of Alain Deldon, their starters had in points 14, 14, 14, 13, 12. Yeah. <laughs> and then you add Alain Deldon, who's been averaging, I think it was 17, yeah, 17 and a half points this season. Like you add her 13 shots to that to that team. And that's a hyper-efficient team. And her 13 shots are the best 13 shots. Yeah. Like, they're the best 13 shots. She's, yeah, she's a 50-40-90 player. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then, yeah, they're the best um, 13 shots this team will get. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's a hyper-efficient team that'll only get, that'll only be getting better when yeah. uh, Del, Del Don comes back. Yeah. Their one weakness was, and I, that's what sort of spurred the Wings come back in the second half, is they were just terrible on the glass. Like... Uh, McCowan had um, it was a, just a really ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds. Uh, McCowan, yeah, she had yeah. she had four in the second half, and they were all they all ended up in putbacks. Yeah, like every single one. Um, and then and uh, Caleb Thornton had three in that half as well. Mm. So there was yeah, that's just that's just kind of a you should not be giving up that many O boards. Yeah, uh, in one half of basketball, I think it was nine in total. Yeah. They had, um, the Mystics had 22 defensive rebounds and the Wings had 17 offensive rebounds. Yeah. So that's like more or less 50% of the board. Yeah. <laughs> the issue, the issue is though, if it's, if it's, if it's four or five against the Storm, we aren't like, we don't have like a, a glass cleaner. Yeah. Stewie gets a couple, uh, Tina Charles has been good. Um, Ezzy is kind of so-so on the glass. She's kind of streaky as, yeah. a, as a rebounder. So I feel like that won't really be an issue. And that's their weakness. And if their weakness... If, if we can't like make, make make the most of their weakness, we're kind of neck and neck everywhere yeah. else, which yeah. I'm a bit worried about. Yeah, yeah. but I think like... Um, so like, Tina Charles has just replaced Ezzy in the starting lineup. Oh my God, what? Yeah. Yeah, have you noticed? You have noticed? No, I haven't. I haven't watched the Storm game for like I don't yeah. know, two weeks. Now. Which it makes me sad, but it's like just so obviously the right decision. Like, right, right. Like, like she's she's had a couple double doubles in that time. I think. Oh my god. So, so like obviously, like I I think Ezzy's been having one of the like best, most in, she's like a she's my most improved candidate yeah. as we said in the last WNBA episode. But it's just it's really sad that like. Uh, yeah, she's just been relegated to some pretty meaningless bench minutes across the last few games. I'm just looking at the box score here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, which, you know, I was kind of excited to see her as the starting center in like a competitive playoff team. Yeah. But if you can get Tina Charles and just slot her in there, like mm. you are, you are a title, you are a title contender in your own right. Yeah. yeah. Well, our last two games are actually against the Mystics. Yeah. Crazy that, huh? Oh, true. And you um, want, you want them? We went one on one in yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but my, my, I really didn't expect Ezzy to move back to the bench. Yeah. To move to the bench. I think Tina Charles is just that good, you know. Like she's a, uh, like she, she's led the league in scoring. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, and she is. Like we we there, there were stretches in her first few games when she was coming off the bench where, like Stewie was out there, mm. and we were just running shit for Charles, like mm. for Tina Charles. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I just, I just feel like it's a lot of firepower. Yeah. And then not yeah. much coming off the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like maybe you can give Ezzy these minutes. Like maybe you can just keep the minutes but swap the like yeah swap exactly the positions. just have a yeah I mean yeah Montrez Harrell but yeah, like yeah. if Montrez Harrell was a former league MVP yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah she's got two scoring championships and four rebounding championships so maybe she will match up well against yeah. the Mystics <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> all right now this last game oh my lord Sky versus Sun Jesus God I feel like we should have like a an, an analogy here. <laughs> You know, Val, Val of the space. Look at it. Look <laughs> it up at space. Um, this. Oh, oh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um. So first quarter, Sky got out to a ma- first half. Let's say first. No, it was first quarter. First but it was about halfway through the second. Yeah. Halfway through the second quarter, they were like, basically 20, 18, 20 points up. Yeah. Um, the the sky were uh, yeah. like yeah about twenty points up, um, a quarter and a half into the game, but the sun just kept energy and mm. they kept like they kept they kept acting like they were still in the game it, it, when so many other basketball teams would like just quit on themselves, mm. but they kept this idea that like we're still alive, we're still in this game, like we 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 still have a chance to win this game, yeah, and. That just allowed, like, that just set a foundation for them to go on a run, which they did. Yeah. In the second, in the second quarter. Nineteen oh, I think it was. At yeah. The end of it, which is just insane. Um, yeah, like the sky were coming in without Candace Parker. Um, I think Azra Stevens like really stepped up. She took John Cole Jones out of the game entirely yeah. in that first quarter. Like she got that fucking awesome block on her, but then they just weren't feeding her the ball because they're like, mm. and. Like, I did not expect her to win that matchup. No. (laughs) Not in the slightest. Um, And yeah, like, obviously, Kalia Copper was just getting getting her shots. But yeah, that 19-0 run, it was, like, sparked by Alyssa Thomas. um, And then her and Duana Bonner just... They just had... They both had one of those games where they you can't stop them from getting a shot. Yeah. Like both of them were just like whenever either of them had the ball it was like you are getting a bucket. Now the fact that this team has uh, last year's league MVP alongside those two <laughs> others it's like it's really it was really fucking scary. Um and then yeah they just from that run they just kept the energy going for the entire game. Yeah. Um and obviously like this the Chicago Sky they're the best team in the league. Like I think I think, you know, without discussing the result, they're probably they're probably my title favourites mm. still. But it took that for them to match up with that sort of sun energy. Yeah. Um and then yeah, uh ended ended in a tie game. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. At the end of the fourth quarter it was a tie game. Uh do you wanna guess how many field goals John Quill Jones made? Three? Five. Five. Which I'm a bit surprised by. Yeah. I would have thought it'd be, yeah, probably two or three. Yeah. It didn't feel like she was involved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when I was watching the game, I was like, yeah, great day, um, Azaree Stevens. But then also, there was this one play, uh, she got it on like the left wing, John Quill Jones, and just drove to the ring. And I was like, damn, there was no resistance. Why isn't she doing that more? Yeah. And then it was like, as I was like watching the game more, I was like, oh no, she's getting just papered up. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Also, in that first half, actually the whole game, but that first half, Kalia Copper was crazy. Yeah. She was she was so, like, purposeful mm. when she was going to the ring. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it, she felt she felt like she was unstoppable. And, yeah, there was just, like, the system happening around her. Both teams were playing their system. And she was just like, fuck you all. Yeah. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to get... I'm going to get... I'm going to get six layups at the rim. And I think I, I've said this before is, like... Chicago Sky, they're like well-drilled, you know, fucking their five starters and their sixth player are all averaging between like 14 yeah. and 11 or something like that. Like no one's standing out. And I was like, okay, but like who's the player that you turn to when you need someone to say, fuck what's going on in this game? I'm mm. going to get a bucket. And it's Carlo Copper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I wasn't so sure, but I think she's absolutely the player that you go, just, just go score at will. Now we really we like we need you to do that. <laughs> We'd really like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, she really did that in this game. Um, 
and then yeah that that overtime was just i think the sun were at home went on an 8-0 run to start ot were eight points up and then the sky just uh, they just they just went like professional mode. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot might be one of the most professional basketball players I've ever seen. Like, she just she knows how to win a game uh, all over the court, and yeah, then they just went on that a nine zero run in response and um, fucking tied it up. Um, I feel like Courtney Williams' field goal percentage from this game does not reflect how she played. She mm. shot seven of twenty. Oh my god! I swear on my life, I didn't see her miss. Yeah, nah, she was <laughs> chucking them up. I remember. I remember. <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I. This was a great game. This was a really great game. Uh, and I, yeah, and yeah, as you said, uh, the OT run. I thought it was just game over. Sun, mm. sun win. Let you know. Let's go home. Yeah, but, but yeah, the the sky, the sky. Without Candace Parker as well, yeah. Like same deal with Elena Del Don uh, and the Mystics. Like just add them to this exact performance, yeah. and like who can who can stop you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're you know you're going up like the Sun are one of the most pedigreed teams mm-hmm. in the league. Like they've got so many good players. Their whole rotation. Yeah, and this should be an opportunity for John Quill Jones to just feast, mm-hmm. uh, and then everyone else sort of like you know feed off the scraps there. Um, but yeah, the fact that even then, even then that wasn't enough to sort of get them over the line and they were playing so well, I think, yeah, that's very, that's very scary for whoever goes up against this guy in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Vandersloot, uh, I feel like maybe, maybe Chris Paul, no, no, sorry, definitely Chris Paul, Vandersloot. I can't actually think of any other players Maybe John Wall, that just like show you how important playmaking is. Sorry, yeah. that's John Wall in his prime, by the way. <laughs> but like, they just make it so clear mm. to like beginner basketball fans, like, oh, this is why being good at passing matters, yeah. and this is why having a good facilitator matters. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any other players that just make it so obvious. Yeah. For just any any bloody Tom Dick or Harry who's watching <laughs> basketball for the first time to be like hey what's that part of basketball called that's I can like I can see yeah. that that's a very important yeah. thing yeah 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 every, every single every one of her 12 assists was just like an absolute bullet yeah um, I think she got her darling wife on like the best backdoor cut ever mm. twice just like beautiful perfect bounce pass between two defenders um and yeah you're right you're right I don't think anyone else demonstrates it better yeah. Um, oh man, there were so many good moments when so many when, good moments in this game. Yeah, Courtney Williams got that offensive rebound. Um, you know, just like amongst the fucking trees, and mm. then like floated it back up. Um, Alyssa Thomas had twenty-two, seven, eight, and five steals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, she kept getting she kept getting those beautiful like poker head, and she's yeah. she's big. Like, yeah. She's she's tall. Um, and she was just outpacing like the um, the sky's backcourt for those like those fast break layoffs. Mm. Oh god, it was such a good game. Yeah. Um, also, Alyssa Thomas four four turnovers, assisted turnover ratio two to one. Assisted turnover ratio is out the door when your steal to turnover ratio is, <laughs> yeah. is positive. Um, something I really like about uh, the Sun uh, in this game is <clears throat> when they went on their run runs John Carl Jones was on the bench mm. and I feel like the team and like credit to her as well to just be like okay cool I'm not the best thing for the team right now mm. and then yeah Brianna Jones uh, came in in her place and yeah I feel like they did a really good job of just identifying what they needed yeah and just playing to what to what was working mm. yeah no definitely definitely um, I, I do I really love that about the WNBA that it's like that at the end of a game it's not like just give the ball to the best player and like mm. run an ISO. It's like, it's situational. You're playing a different team every single time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the answer isn't always going to be Kevin Durant by himself at the top mm. of the key. Bad example because that's probably the answer <laughs> is most of the time. That is a good idea. you get my idea. <laughs> um, before watching this game, the Sky, the Sky Sun game, I was noticing a trend between NBA, uh, WNBA games was just 
it's so much about production because most mm. teams execute. Mm. Like I would actually say all teams execute. And then watching this game, I was like, shit, this is like a, this is another level. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this game is like the, yeah, there's individual brilliance as well, um, and yeah, like defensive execution, getting another team out of their like uh, offensive execution. Mm. Um, yeah, this definitely felt like like both teams. Uh, are, are ready for the playoffs? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That the the top five is looking really like like you know really anyone anyone could be anyone in, yeah in that top five. Yeah, I think um round two will be amazing. Yeah, I think yeah top three especially will um, smoke the bottom three. Class, it's the classic. There's like five good playoff teams and one of them doesn't get to make it out of the first round. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I really don't want it to be the storm. Yeah. I think, as, you, as you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up. Yeah, I reckon. An hour four. Nice. In case you were wondering. <laughs> that's uh, 64, which is, a, which, is a, which is a square. Wow. Should we go for um, two more minutes and then you divide it by six and then it's 11 rings? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Well, should we go for dinner then? Yeah, let's go for dinner. <laughs> Much better idea. Right. Laters. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7am.